Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the show and go 1-300-01-1170 or you can text 457 736 with Peter Playford and Drew Mitchell. Yeah, that's right. Welcome back to the show. And Pete, look, it's it's no surprise that when you come in to co-host for your first time that we get arguably the biggest star in this sort of region in rugby on the show. Dan Carter, he's coming up. Look, as you said, it's no coincidence. We get <laughs> we get two of the goats in James Hansen yeah. and Dan Carter. And what an honour this is. And I think it's the turning point of the show, to be honest. Mate, it could be. And, and look, I, I texted Jimmy. He's over in Thailand at the moment. I think Koh Samui at the moment. And just sort of said, mate, just letting you know that we've um, we've got things covered. We've got Dan Carter coming on the show in your absence. And he's actually, look, he's pretty gutted, to be honest. Jimmy's like, he's upset that he's missing this chat. Would you would you go as far as saying that after today, it could be the Jimmy Pete Andrew show? Or it could be the, the show and go with Pete and Drew. We might just like get rid of Jimmy altogether. But look, I uh, obviously had many encounters against Dan Carter throughout my career, um, both at Super Rugby level and uh, Wallaby level, uh, international level, but also up uh, in, in the top 14 as well. Um, Toulon versus uh, Racing when he was up there, playing up there. Um, had some great times on the field, had some really good times off the field as well. And um, look, he's just, he's an all-round great guy. And that sort of brings us to what he's been up to uh, in the last couple of days. Dan Carter's been doing a 24-hour kickathon challenge for UNICEF. He's a UNICEF ambassador, and uh, and he does a lot of things away from the field to help um, everyone, really. This, I think I'll, I'll let him kind of go into to like what the, 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 the fundraising is going to, but it's basically for sanitation of water and that type of thing for, for kids in the Pacific. But I think we've got Dan Carter on the line. D- DC, are you there, mate? Drew, mate, oh, jeez, made my day. You, you pumped up my toes like that, mate. Bro, no, you, mate, you've made our day, and perhaps you've even made our show. You might <laughs> you might have actually given us a little bit of credibility. Thanks so much for, for spending some of your Sunday with us, bro. Oh, no worries, mate. Um, I've been doing a bit of media recently. I just um, finished a 24-hour kickathon, what I did two days ago, and I did a lot of media during that 24 hours. But you're actually the smart one. You let me sleep for two days, catch up, and actually my brain's functioning properly now <laughs> so I can actually have a proper a proper interview. Mate, you, you talk about your brain functioning, but how are those hips, bro? Like 24 hours of goal kicking. I mean, look, we've, ha- we've had some some big nights, not, ne- never 24 hours, but but ha- how how'd you pull up after that, bro? 24 hours sober and just kicking goals. <laughs> uh, my, my, my hip flexors hate me uh, at the moment. They're... Um, they're screaming at me. They're a bit tight, but honestly, I'd, I'd do it again um, in a heartbeat. It was just so worthwhile. I really wanted to to bring my two passions together. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them was obviously kicking, something I've always done ever since I was a little kid, and the other one, giving back to, to kids in need. Um, so when I finished, I've been a UNICEF ambassador for about seven years and seen the incredible work that they do for kids all over the world, but I always wanted to do more, and... Um, with my rugby schedule, I couldn't. But having retired last year, I was like, right. So I yeah. set up my own fund called the DC10 Fund. And I partnered with UNICEF 
and then I handpick which UNICEF projects that I want to advocate for, um, raise money for. Um, so with that, I was like, right, I'm going to have a fundraising event. Now, the UNICEF project that I did pick, I wanted it to be close to home. So yeah. um, our, our neighbouring brothers and sisters in the Pacific Islands, um, I, I learned to, about a few different projects that they were doing over there. There's one that really st- stuck out for me, something that my children just take for granted, and that's having access to clean water for drinking, um, for hygiene, washing, whatever it is. Now, hygiene-related diseases are one of the leading causes of death for children under five in the Pacific Islands. So um, it's called the WASH program. So yep. I wanted to raise as much money for the WASH program. So I thought, righto, I'll... Um, kick goals for 24 hours in the park and <laughs> and, uh, and I finished that on Friday night and mate we managed to raise just under $400,000 which just completely blew me away. Mate that is honestly that's that's amazing and, and look you're just someone that just keeps kicking goals <laughs> pardon the pun but don't you, know, you do it literally but also figuratively as well but mate I, I saw on your um, on your social channels whilst you're doing it that you had uh, up on the big screen some of the donations and some of the, um, you know, just sort of the comments that when people were donating and there was one there where uh, some kids donated their uh, their pocket money just to, just to help out and obviously to, you know, to, to back what you were doing. Those types of messages must must be pretty special. Yeah, it's, it's obviously not an easy time right now to, to donate, you know. Um, there's uh, so many reasons uh, the world it's uh, going on in the world at the moment that it's not easy for people. But to go and sort of test myself both physically and mentally for something much greater than me for, for helping provide clean water for kids in the Pacific um, was hugely, you know, inspiring. But there's some pretty dark hours when you're kicking goals, um, yeah. pretty much by yourself. A couple of volunteers coming in and out. Um, but I, on the big screen at Eden Park, there were all the donations and comments that people were leaving me and I just saw the number just getting higher and higher and it just it really did inspire me just to to keep going you know there's that little man inside my head going man it's four o'clock in the morning why don't you just go home to bed yeah I I can't (laughs) like people actually don't you know donating giving some of their hard-earned money like you mentioned actually some kids giving their weekly allowance uh, their pocket money to to the cause so it um there was just so much support it was yeah it was it was incredible now i don't know if you saw my comment mate but i i, I donated and i commented and i just said i hope that you kicked a few off your opposite foot like you did against us in the world cup final <laughs> <laughs> you know what no one's supposed to see that because i don't want to look like i was showing off or anything but it was actually a bit that i a bit that i had with aaron smith and liam messon we were talking about it earlier in the tournament if i'd ever kicked one off my wrong foot and I said no, but I'd love to because my my dad used to hound me about kicking off both feet, always there. So he trained me off both feet. And then they were like, oh, what if, you know, you're ahead by more than seven points in the World Cup final? <laughs> Would you do it? And I was like, yeah, that, bloody oath I'd do it. Um, so Liam Messon was the T-boy that day. He ran on um, the kicking tee, he goes, remember our bet? And I was like, oh, yeah, wrong foot. Yeah, sweet ass. And he goes, no, no, don't do it, don't do it. He was like, I thought I was going to miss. So I quickly lined it up and kicked it quickly um, and the fact that you know the last kick in my um, you know test career was off my wrong foot was almost a wee tribute to my father so oh that's nice um, that yeah, makes so it a bit, bit easier to take <laughs> being on the receiving yeah, end yeah mate so yeah I was, I was conscious of what I say here with all these Australians listening to um, to, to this so uh, that, that was the reasoning um, behind it but 
through the 24 hours, um, I, I kicked plenty. I was on about a four to one ratio in terms of left foot to, to right foot. So managed to smack a few um, through with, with my wrong foot. Now, Dan, it's Pete Playford here now. I'm not sure you would remember me, but I've worn a lot of your palms and had you kick over my head too many times. <laughs> but I just think the interesting thing for me, I'm not going to take it on field, but I've transitioned from rugby into fashion. And I see you've got also some similar interests. How did that come about and how do you feel in some of those environments? Yeah, it's um, it's a strange one really because I, I grew up in a little country town where I knew nothing about fashion and there was no fashion out there. You know, I was wearing my cherry dock Martins, <laughs> um, you know, with, with, you know, with my back jeans, super tight, almost like a bogan kind of look. Um, <laughs> That's now in like fashion. A, a, yeah, in old school, uh, maybe rugby jersey on, uh, on top of that. Um, but it wasn't until I started travelling with the All Blacks in the early 2000s that, um, that I started, you know, we're travelling to, to Italy, to to France, and actually just started, like, noticing how well men were dressing. And I was like, oh, man. And I, and I started getting inspired by by fashion and, and just loved it. Um so much so, I was 21 down the Champs Elysees in Paris. I was like, I really want to walk into this Louis Vuitton store. Um, so I walked in, and I was wearing um, jandals or thongs, whatever you, you guys call them, um, into it. And the security guards followed me the whole and they thought I was going to steal something. They're like, who's this young kid in tight jeans and jandals walking into a Louis Vuitton store? So I was walking around, I had security guards following me and watching every move. The next thing I know, I was like, right, bugger them. I'm going to actually buy something. So I started trying some stuff on. Next thing you know, I was drinking champagne. <laughs> I was, uh, had, had my credit card out. I was buying all these things. Walked back to my hotel. And I was like, what the hell have you just done, you <laughs> idiot? You just spent like 2,000 euro, um, you know, almost four to five new, um, grand New Zealand dollars, just to try and prove to the security guard that um, you're good enough to be in that shop. I was, uh, I was absolutely devastated. Um, but, yeah, I, I do. I, I love fashion. I recently just opened a um, department store uh, here in Auckland called Faraday's where we bring a lot of European uh, luxury um, brands. So, yeah. It's, I'll have, uh, I'll have yeah, to talk to you. Yeah, mate, absolutely. Pete, Pete's in that space. But, mate, I remember one time when we crossed paths in the fashion world. We're at the Grand Palais and uh, Victoria's Secret show up there in Paris. And we had a chat, and we, uh, you and your wife, Honor, and myself and, and Matt Giddo were having a bit of a champagne outside. We go down, like, we get escorted to our seats first. When I say we, myself and Matt Giddo, and we're like, mate, how good's this? Second row, Victoria's Secret show. There was like the weekend, there was Bruno Mars, Lady Gaga. We're just thinking, how good's this? And then, look, you've beaten us in everything in in our careers, <laughs> like Bledisloe's World Cups, Super Rugby, Top 14 as well. And then along, just before the show starts, along come Dan Carter and his wife sit right in front of us first row. Like, you just don't even let us have anything, bro. Oh, mate, 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 mate. I wouldn't have even been there if it wasn't for, for you and your contact, Cannon, mate. He, he's the one that hooked me up. So, mate, I take... All um, yeah, I, I need to be thanking you boys for for that hookup. So if anyone's um, you know getting sort of one over anyone else in situations like that, it's my wife. So obviously when you get a ticket to the Victoria's Secret show, you're like, okay, right, I've got a whole <laughs> lot of boys that would love to come to a show like that. Yeah, but obviously you know I want my wife to come because she'd enjoy an experience like that. So she's sort of she's bringing me along to a Victoria's Secret show. A lot of beautiful women. Um, 
you know, um, and then we walk, do the red carpet thing, and you know, we're, we're smiling, arm around each other, you know, like going to our lingerie fashion show, and then we get to the end of the red carpet, and she's like, "Oh yeah, by the way, you got this." big bit of coriander in the middle of your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> so here I was posing for all these photos with her, a big cheesy grin on, on my face with a big massive green uh, leaf of coriander leaf in oh, the that's... middle of my, my toast. So she, yeah, she, she had to be blinded. That, that was tactical from her. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And DC, uh, one last question, and it's rugby related, but you played across a number of teams, but I'm more interested in the club rugby and the ITM Cup. I was fortunate enough to play ITM Cup, and I understand the importance of it. But we don't have that level in Australia at the moment. But what role did that play in your development, and how much do you like uh, think that's important across New Zealand's success? Yeah, it's huge. It's provincial rugby, so it was there before the professional days. Obviously, a lot of people sort of focus on the franchises, the five uh, Super Rugby franchises here in New Zealand. So you start at amateur rugby. That's your your real traditional club, and then you're ins- inspired to play provincial rugby. So I grew up just outside of Canterbury, obviously Crusaders, where the franchise I wanted to to be uh, to play for. Sorry, and then um, Canterbury was the provincial team. So with the game turning professional, um, money being in the game. A lot of people were just getting going to different franchises uh, wherever the best opportunities were to fulfil their rugby. But if you go down a level to provincial rugby, that's the grassroots. That's you actually play for that province because because that's where you're from. That's where your roots are from. You have so much more passion playing for for the province that you grew up in and and then and you love. So. It was um, there were some great battles back in um, when I was a kid. You know, Canterbury, Auckland, Ranfurly Shield days. There's just so much history uh, with provincial rugby in in New Zealand, and you just can't, you know, you can't manufacture, um, you know, history and the fact that it has been around for for so long. So it's a great tournament. Obviously, the All Blacks don't play as much in that competition anymore with the expanding international uh, rugby calendar, but it is a it's a huge part of the DNA of, of New Zealand rugby. And bro, what's uh, what's next for for Dan Carter? You're obviously involved with the UNICEF stuff. You've like you just mentioned there. You've got a depart. De- you've just uh, opened a de- department store. Uh, what else is on the horizon for you, mate? And uh, aside from obviously a, a, an appearance at Aqua Rugby in November later in the year. <laughs> oh, absolutely, mate. That's um, yeah, that's right in on the schedule, mate. I'm just trying to work it. Around uh, we Northern Hemisphere trips um, to make sure it doesn't clash with um, yeah. with a bit of aqua rugby um, over in Sydney. Uh, it's a you know you boys have been through this transition. You know mm-hmm. when you finish playing rugby, and you know you, your sole purpose is to be the best rugby player you possibly can. So when you get out of bed, you know exactly what it is that's going to drive you that day. And mm-hmm. when it, when that gets taken away, which it did twelve months ago, um, I didn't want to jump into something quickly, a new job. I, I felt like I needed some time to to really figure out and almost repurpose my life or what is it going to be, you know, for the next 10, 20 years. So I didn't want to rush anything. I'd kind of t- taken a step back and I want to use the next year or two to just to give back. You know, I'm really fortunate. My family and I have this um, this incredible life that we live and a lot of it's off the back of sport and rugby in particular. So I feel like it's almost like my duty to to give back to the next generation, give back to to children in need, um, and just 
use this transition um, to do good before I actually really fine tune and work out what it is that's um, that's going to drive me and, and you know my purpose out now that rugby's uh, rugby's finished. So um, I don't know. I've got a few different businesses, but I'm kind of just working out um, you know how can I make the biggest uh, impact in this next chapter of my life, um, similar to, to what I was able to um, achieve on the on the footy field for for a couple of decades. Mate, you are you certainly achieved plenty on the field, but you're also doing some great things off it, uh, with, especially with that sort of UNICEF stuff. Mate, thank you so much for coming on the show and having a chat with us, and we look forward to catching up throughout the year and and uh, hopefully catch up soon in person and and uh, and pick up where we left off in Barcelona and have a beer together, <laughs> mate. Oh, nice, absolutely, <laughs> hanging out for that. Um, Cheers, boys. Uh, thanks for thanks for having me on the show. Appreciate it, mate. Cheers. Dan Carter there on the show and go. We'll take a break. Back in just a sec.